I'm excited about the weekend. We've been having a lot of fun because it's, it's a challenge that I want to give to you that is really close to my heart and just some new things that God is doing around Timberline. And uh, I feel His presence and I'm very hopeful for some of the things that we're going to talk about. I've called this message From Here to There. And that sounds kind of simple and yet confusing. So what I want to do is I'm going to draw it out a little bit and talk a little bit about where we're going today with, with this concept. God has a plan for your life and He wants you to go from here, which is whatever it might be, to there. Now, that sounds really easy, but it, it, it could be very complex and very difficult. All of us in this room have a here. Now, if you've been walking with God for a lot of years, and I said, rate your maturity as a believer on a scale of 1 to 10. You know the Word, you make good decisions, you have disciplines, you're a giver, you're a carer, all those things. Some of you might say, I, I think I'm about an 8. Well, that is your current here. But I have news for you. God has a plan still to get you to there, whatever that means. Let's say you've walked into church and it's your first time and you don't even know if you believe in God. First of all, we're really glad you're here. This is a great, a great church for you to just kind of ask questions. But that's where you are. You've got to own where you are. And you've got to understand the here that you have now in your life. So that's important just from the beginning. Bill Hybels did this at a leadership summit. And it really touched me because I had to evaluate how I got here. And how I'm going to get there. And so we're going to talk about that today. And I hope that it will help you. The first thing in your outline, if you're taking notes in your, uh, your program on the back page, is a place for an outline. And the first thing I want you to write down there is, it is okay to look back. It is okay to look back in your life. I'm not great at this. Like being really honest, I, even my friends, my close friends say, you know, you don't think about what happened yesterday very much. You are kind of a tomorrow, let's go that way, uh, forward-thinking person. And so I've been trying to have a better discipline of looking back a little bit, either to grieve properly for the sad things that have happened in my life, or to celebrate the good things that have happened in my life that I haven't taken the time to really celebrate or fully appreciate. Now, where we are in this story, and I'm going to go to Joshua chapter 1 in a minute, is Moses has just died. How many of you know who Moses is? He, he, he's the guy who led Israel out of Egypt. Lots of great miracles. God used him. But he's dead now. There's a new generation. And it's Joshua who's going to become the leader. Joshua has not been that level of leader before. Moses was here as the leader. He's gone now. Joshua's going to have a new here. He's going to suddenly be told by God that he's the man to lead Israel into the promised land. So there's a lot going on in his life. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to read it. Follow along. Be strong and courageous. Mark that in your mind because he says that three times to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. When you look at that promise, what is God saying? God's saying, I made this promise way over here. I'm still good for it. I know Moses is gone, but 
my word is still true. So, you're going to lead them. Since Moses is gone, you have a new reality, a new here. And we started thinking about doing something we've never really done before. The wins at Timberline, the things that we can rejoice as we look back to say, has God been with us? So we send out a little email to our staff saying, hey, tell us some good things that have happened this summer. Oh my goodness. I mean, there's no way I can tell you all this, but let me just give you a few highlights of just the, this is just the last couple months. And this isn't like, oh, aren't we great? This is, oh, isn't God great? Because he has entrusted us with a lot of influence to make a difference in our counties. I mean, listen to this. The backpack of my own, backpacks you guys provided for kids, uh, 268 people provided 402 backpacks. That's a record number, the most we've ever had. And get this, it met the needs of all the foster care families and the adopted families and the grandparent-led households for all of Larimer County and all of Weld County. That's crazy. That's crazy. You, you know, I mean, Larry McKenney's looking at us like, who are you? You know, why? Because you cared. You said, I care about these kids. And I want to make sure that they are equipped. And I think they had the best, 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 best backpacks ever. You know, don't don't clap for all of these because it, it'll 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 take too much of my time. So, um, <laughs> let me just give you let me just give you some really good news. The Hillcrest Children's Home. This is a home where lots of hurting kids. We had six women who went and and poured into these kids who don't have people pouring into them like that, and they saw amazing things happen. We had our Front Range Freedom Tour, which is Rich's ride. Some of you know Rich and Becky were here in our last service, sitting right over here, a wheelchair. He, he fell off of a roof putting up Christmas lights. And he's in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. But he said, what can I do? He has a hand pedal bike. And he rides and he organized a tour. And many of you are here today. I saw Woody over here. You guys, they had 18 riders. Um, and they rode 500 miles. This is on bike. This, does, this, is not, this does not have a motor in it. Or I might have gone on the ride. These are bicycles. They climb 14,000 feet from... From Cheyenne all the way to Raton Pass in New Mexico. And they raised, here's the deal, over $40,000 to help an orphanage that we sponsor in New Delhi, India for the, the little kids of trafficked moms who are stuck in the brothel. It's, it's horrible. But there's 22 kids whose lives are changed because these folks rode bicycles and raised some dollars. When I think of that, and then I look at Royal Family Kids Camp, the stats on that, 61 beautiful kiddos. We had 29 from Weld County, 32 from Larimer County. Over 100 volunteers served. We had so many good things happen for these kids that don't know what love really is all about. Our serve day this year, 850 care bags to Larimer County law enforcement. 20 cars repaired, 60 projects done in one day by over 1,000 volunteers. I think about our Baton Rouge trip a couple weeks ago, and now we're going back. Helped Convoy of Hope deliver 60,000 meals, connected with many other churches. And then you go to VBS this past summer. How many of your kids went to vacation Bible school? We had like over 800 kids between us and Windsor, uh, 250 plus volunteers, 
kids coming to faith. We had grand camp where 56 grandparents and kids went to Estes Park. We had over 60 people baptized up at Horsetooth. We had 150 students going to, to camps, several who committed to their lives to Christ for the first time. Okay, I, I, I could read more and more, but let's give God praise for just a little bit of what's happening in that. It's amazing. So after getting all this, I'm like, I'm going to look back a little more often. Man, because when you think about the impact that you all have had through giving and caring and going and being, it's significant. There's some lives that will never be the same because you cared and, and you stepped up and you took it from here to there. Just by signing up back there and doing something, you went from here to there and things changed for other people. That's how it works. Okay. How many of you are worried we're only on point two? I am, so let's get moving. Number two, I should evaluate how I ended up here, meaning here. I need to evaluate that. How did I end up here? You need to know how you got here before you can go there. So let's talk briefly about that and what Joshua is being told by God. In verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Recognize those words? That's just what we started last time reading. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Now, that's, that's a condition that must be met. And then it says, then you will be. And what we sometimes don't realize is that the process of being there means that I've got to meet the conditions of here and do what God's asking me to do or I will never get there. And Joshua is being told, he's being warned, look, if you don't get this right, if you don't, if you don't pay attention to the laws that have been written, if you don't pay attention to what I have asked, because I'm the one who's going to get you there. See, people try to climb to there on their own and it's possible with a lot of effort, but they might not end up where God actually wants them. They might be in a there that's a reality God's saying that's not the best fit. The joy of this as followers of Jesus is that God knows the best there for you on the planet. So when you submit to that and you engage in that, a lot of really great things can happen. So just ask yourself the question, how did I get here where I'm at right now? We usually ask that question in a negative, like I hear people say, how in the world? Did I end up in this place? Well, that's, a, that's probably a series of a bunch of bad decisions. Would you agree? It's usually not just one decision. It's usually a pathway of decisions. And you don't have to look at it that way. I kind of like where my here is right now. Uh, I love my wife, and she loves me. I love my kids. They love us. We have a wonderful family. We've been blessed in so many ways. So when I say, evaluate how I got here, I have to say, with some work, with some intentionality. So here's the two things. Did you get there by accident or did you get there with intentionality? If you got there by accident, you probably let life come to you. If you are at a place you like, it was probably with some intentionality that you said, I'm setting some goals and I'm going there. How many of you have already noticed that this line is uphill? Right? You can debate with me on this if you want to, and we can talk about it later. But I'm telling you, anything that's going to add value to your life, 
that you want and need and is a, is a help to others will always be uphill. It always will be. I wish it wasn't, but because coasting is easier, you can go downhill and just let it all come to you. The problem is it's where you end up, the bottom. And so just know it's going to take work. It's not just going to happen for you. It's uphill. I drove by three gyms where people work out when I come to the workplace. And you know what's weird? Some of them are built with glass, and I can see people in there on the treadmill and pumping irons. And I just, when I, when I go by, I just say, oh, Lord, just give me some of that right now. Just <laughs> let, I'm going by it. I'm going, it's right there. I even know some people in there right now. So please, just put it right in me. And God says, nah. Why? Because I have to, I have to make that happen. And it's not going to happen by accident. It's going to happen with intentionality. Number three, I must learn to see new options. I really need to learn to see the options that are around me to get to there. Because sometimes when people say, I'm just stuck where I'm at. Well, you might be. You might be stuck. So look around and say, where do I want to be? How do I want to get to this place? You've got to make some lists. You've got to think about this. You've got to get, make it practical. Look at verse 8. God says to Joshua, study this book of instruction continually. Why is he saying that? Because there's many options in there. There's, there's wisdom in there. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to what? To obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Condition. Only then. Obey it. Do what you're supposed to be doing. That means, I need to, I need to say this, it just dawned on me. When you move from here to there, God doesn't love you more when you're there. God's love is for everyone in this room, even people who are not followers of Jesus. He, he loves you more than you can even fathom. So this has nothing to do with love, like, goody, 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 now he's going to love me more. No, this is about the stuff in your life that become kingdom where you, your gifts, your talents, your abilities, suddenly now you're moving from here to there because your impact in the world will become bigger. And that's the will of God. That's the will of God for all of us. But it's not going to be perfect. Matter of fact, is past, uh, who's helping me? Cameron. Where's Cameron? Oh, thank you. Cameron, come on up here. This is Cameron's bicycle, and I want you to just pull it. I want to teach you the bicycle principle. Now, I learned this principle when I was teaching our kids to ride bikes. How many of you have taught your kids to ride bikes? It's a pretty fun, fun day. And um, so, Cameron, I want you to get on the bike, and I want you to get your feet up on the pedals, but I don't want you to roll the bike. I just want you to balance it, because you have to balance a bike. But don't roll it. No, no, stay on it. Like, don't fall off of it. <laughs> Keep your feet on the pedals and don't roll the bike. Okay, okay. How many of you know this is tough to do? I mean, some can do it. You know, you see them at the traffic lights, you know. But eventually, that wasn't bad, actually. Um, that's difficult to do because here's the, here's the takeaway line that, that God put in my heart when I was teaching my kids. You find balance with movement. So, so I don't just pray, okay, God, I'm gonna, I need to save a thousand dollars. And so when I, when I go online next time, I, I want to see a thousand more dollars in my savings account. No, 
No, you find balance with movement. So I'm going to save my, my change. I'm going to put 25 bucks. I'm not going to go out and eat. I'm going to give up some coffee. I'm going to do something. If I'm serious about that, I'm going to move toward it. I'm going to step toward it. Now, Cameron, go back over there and just see if you can ride all the way across. And this time you can actually move the bicycle. How many believe he can do it? I just believe he can. Cameron, we're, we're hoping for you. We're, we're dreaming a dream. Can he do it, ladies and gentlemen? Cameron Davidson! Thank you, Cam. Thank you very much. Um, you find balance with movement. I remember teaching our kids, uh, teaching our kids to ride. I just remember this one moment, especially with Ryan, our son. And he, I just don't know if I can, Dad. We took the training wheels off, and, and he was a little pretty nervous. And, and we get out on the street, and, and it's a little bit downhill, which is good because it kind of helps him. And I'm running behind him, you know. And... <laughs> Yeah, and he's going, and I'm saying, I'm not even holding on. Oh, hold on. Okay, I'm holding on. And now I'm not holding on. You're doing it by yourself. And, and then he starts pedaling, and then, and then he, he's going faster than what I'm running. And he's balancing, and he, I'm like, you're, you're doing it. And then I, then I have this thought like, did I show him where the brakes are on this bike? You know, go down the street. He goes, he's like, Dad! <laughs> oh. See, that's our walk in anything that matters. I call it the wobble. You know, you think of a middle school, uh, uh, young adult, a, a middle school kid who's going to school and they go to high school. That's from here to there. And a, a lot changes. Would you agree? If you decide to go to college or you're thinking about your career, that's a big jump. A lot changes. And some of you who have gotten married, how many of you had a few changes in your here to there when you got married? See, I've been married a long time, and I love my wife, and, and, but I have, we've had some wobbles. Because that's how you learn what marriage is. It doesn't mean it's always perfect. I learned very early in our marriage, for instance, that it really matters if I remember our anniversary date. Now, Bonnie is really easy to live with. She's not needy. She's a wonderful lady. I'm blessed that she puts up with me. But, but I have really learned that if I don't remember our anniversary date, we're going to wobble. <laughs> it's not going to be a straight line. And it's not going to be a happy celebration. Why? Because that matters. And so you learn when you are with someone, both in friendship or in marriage, you learn. And the walk never is straight. The walk is always with a wobble. But you're still making progress. That's what I want you to see. When you say, God, I I want you to help me to go from here to there, it's not just an automatic elevator ride and suddenly you're there. It's with some wobbles and some frustrations and some doubts. That's why God keeps saying, be encouraged. Don't be afraid. Come on, be courageous. You can do this. I'm on your side. Just pay attention to the rules. Pay attention to what I'm asking of you. Number four, I must look ahead to the possibilities. I must look ahead to the possibilities. If I see the possibilities of the things that God might spin me in, then it's very encouraging. This happened with Joshua In verse 9, look at what God says. Joshua, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. There's the third time he said it. Don't be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I'd like to just add, even in the wobbles. 
even in the wobbles. Because God cares about the direction that you're moving more than the perfection of where you're going. It's not about you getting all perfect. It's just about you making a commitment to say, I'm going to do this. When I started thinking, let me give you an example of this. We, years ago, our deacon team, we came out here and walked around this 35 acres. And we were looking to expand, and we believe God was asking it of us. And the price was $650,000 for 35 acres. Now, yeah, that's really amazing. Uh, I wish we would have bought 5,000 acres out here. <laughs> Woulda, coulda, shoulda, right? But that was a lot of money to us. We were over on LeMay. But we felt like God wanted us to go from here to there. And so we made a commitment. And we, we bought this land and we spent eight years paying it off. We never built a building for eight years. Now, that, that might not seem like a long time to you. But that was a long time for me. That was a long time to wait. But we were moving in the right direction. See, God isn't time conscious. He, he knows no time. So, so for me, you know, when I'm thinking about years, God's going, oh, don't worry about that. It might be a few decades, but just keep moving. Because it's all the stories that happen along the way that matter most. Right? And so, so I'm thankful. So we've been praying about Windsor campus. And, and we've been walking some land. We tried to buy some land around it where it is right now, but it's way too expensive for us. And there's a road back there that we can't change. And so we'd have to build a bridge or something. It's way expensive. So we started praying about looking for land up on the hill by the roundabout. If you've ever driven out crossroads, go all the way to the road ends, and that's our campus at the bottom of the hill. If you come back up just about a half mile, you'll see a big roundabout there. The southeast corner has a big red barn on it and a house on it. And we can get 10 acres there for about $1.1 million. So we started talking about this. We think God is in it. How can we do it? What needs to happen? We tar- started taking steps. Remember, that is at $2.50 a square foot. Now, some of you don't care about this, but some of you really do. So please listen. The land across the street is, is 6 and $7 a square foot. The land up by Sentara area is 11 and $12 a square foot. So a, a, a 10 acre, you know, it'd be, it could be $15 million just for the land. So we, we said, you know, we believe we can, we can swing this. Let's do 10. And the owner came back and said, you know what? If you take those 10, there's three more lots. That if you'll just buy those, I'll donate nine more acres. And you'll have 22 acres for like $1.4 million. And we said, and that makes it $1.55 a square foot. And we said, I think we should do that. But, but so if you're a member, you got an email from me that asks you to come September 15th and, uh, and vote. We're not voting to buy that land. We are voting to empower the deacons to buy that land because we want to do all of our due diligence. There, there's a rezoning issue, water taps. We want to really be careful. But we need you to release us to at least pursue it. And so that's what that meeting's about. If you can't make it, you can get an absentee ballot next weekend. Those will be available. But the meeting isn't for a couple of weeks on a Thursday night. And if you're out of town or you're leaving and you want to vote, call us. We'll figure it out. But it's going to be so exciting. Why? Because we're moving from here to there and we're going to do it slowly. And we're going to try to get this land. Let's get it paid for. If you drive down Crossroads ever, just I would love it this week if you would just drive down there and look at that 
land and look at the views of the mountains and just let God breathe life into you. It's amazing. I, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I know God can do stuff as long as we're saying we'll be obedient. The, the last thing that I, I want to I get to is maybe the most important thing of how to get to, from here to there. And that is I must apply myself. I really have to make a commitment to apply myself to the process. It's not going to just happen automatically. It's going to take some changes. I have, I have four categories, and I'm not going to go in. Some of them are very personal. I'm not going to go into all of them. But in building this message, I, I, told, I said to the Lord, I, I need to go from here to there. And so I started making a little list of some things. You know, and I'll tell you a couple of them. One of them is I'm going to memorize more Scripture. I have a lot of Scripture memorized, but I, I want to memorize some more Scripture. I've never been great at that. And, and I had someone say, well, you're too old to start memorizing Scripture. <laughs> and then I heard that as you get older, you start saying things that you don't really mean. Especially if you fall into dementia. People get mean. They cuss. You know, they say, so I said, I'm going to make sure that, that when I'm old with dementia, I, I'll be saying Scripture instead of something really bad. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding about that. But I do want to memorize Scripture. And I, I also, um, I have some family goals. I, I want to be a better dad, uh, brother. Um, I want to. I want to work. I want to go from here to there in some practical things in my life financially. And I. I just challenge you. If you'll take ten minutes with the Lord and say, "What is it that you would put in my heart to go from here to there?" It's not easy. You're gonna have to apply it. Any business owners in here? Just wave at me if you, you have owned or you currently own a business. You know, you didn't just wake up one day and 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 have what you're gonna walk into tomorrow. You didn't just wake up and all of a sudden all this was handed to you and it's now your business. What, what happened? You had a thought. You said, maybe we could do this. And you probably started in your garage or in a field or somewhere in your room and you, in your house. And, and all of a sudden it grew into this and it grew into that. and it grew. It's a process. And that commitment to apply myself makes it happen. One of our, our, our daughters, Brooke, I just love her to death. She's a real artsy, fun high-spirited kid. I just, I just love her. She sent me a text, and it had a picture on it, and it had this arrow, and up at the top it said, success. And so I, like, text her back and said, that's interesting. What does that mean? And she said, well, that's not true. Success is never a straight line. She sent me another text, and it had this picture That looks a little more like success. Right? Because what happens is, this is a journey with ups and downs. This is the journey when you almost lose it all, and then you recover, and then something good happens, and the journey overall is success. It's amazing when people, you know, see someone, our world is just terrible, because we measure success by money. That's the bottom line. You know, who are the top 50 most wealthy people in the world? Well, here's a list in the magazine. It's, it's like the only measuring rod. There's so much more because many of those people are miserable <laughs> and their families hate them. You know, I just can't imagine that kind of, of a life. But it's not money. God measures success, one word, obedience. Obedience. And so if we can somehow realize, even in my wobbles, the bicycle principle, whoa, I'm, I'm still being successful because I step over here and I hear God say, well, maybe not so much. 
okay, that's, that's, that's developing into a habit that I really shouldn't have. I need, to, I need to veer this way. I'm not going to do that so much. Then I get a little overboard. Then my attitude goes a little bad. Or then I live with anger for a while and I'm ticked off at somebody and it's eating me alive. And I'm still in the path. I'm still moving forward. Why? Because I'm committing to deal with it. I'm committing to apply myself to these things. God wants you to live that way. I, I was really moved by uh, the Freedom Ride this year and Rich's ability to rally people. And he's got some great team. But I was out here for the launch, and he gets on his bike and starts moving his arms. And he sent me an email this past week after my message last week just trying to encourage me. And uh, he said this, and it's a quote from Rich Dixon. I found it very meaningful. Finding a purpose bigger than myself is the only way I can keep going. Finding a purpose bigger than myself is the only way I can keep going. Here's what I need you to know. I need you to know that you personally have an invite from God to move from here to there. But as a church, so do we. So do we, corporately. We are called the bride of Christ, the church. And we're living in a very consumer culture. And you need to hear me say this, and I'm not mad about at anybody. I love you, but I'm going to tell you something. People who think that Timberline Church is going to be about getting the right parking space and getting the right chair and having the right cup of coffee and singing the songs that I like and doing it the way I want, you have missed the entire message from God. We are not here to get it like we want it. We are here to die to self and to become the people of God on the earth who believe we can rescue kids out of up trafficking, who believe we can help the poor and homeless, who are sacrificing in our lives so that that kingdom, the kingdom of God, can come to this earth, which is very dark right now. That's what Timberline Church is all about. And if that doesn't work for you, get involved somewhere else because we are going to go from here to there and we're not going to lose that primary message of who we are as a church I'm telling you it's very important man you just would be shocked at some of the things that I read that people write and, and what they want and what they're frustrated about and I just get sick of it and I, and I feel like a, like a holy anger about it like, don't you understand why we exist as a church? What's, what's it going to take, you guys, for us to go all in and say, let's reach this whole city. Let's, let's be something to be reckoned with. Let's touch our counties. Let's, let's have a vision. Let's get, we're talking about putting a campus in Cheyenne because we have 238 households who drive down here from Cheyenne. Yeah, it's exciting how some of you are, might live there. I don't know. All I know is that we're going to move from here to there. And all of a sudden, I started getting excited about our Pressure Point series because we're tackling some really hard topics like sexuality. But I get the weekend of politics. And, like, I was so dreading it. And now I am so excited because I get to, I'm going to say some things on that day that I've never said in church before. And it's just going to blow you away. Yeah. And we're going to have fun talking about it. But you know what? I don't care. I care. But it doesn't matter who the next president is. God is still there. 
And God has a bigger plan. I, I need to stop. Man, I'm just getting started, kind of. Okay, let's pray. Lord, I, I love you. And I thank you that you have a church here that is excited to be here. You have your bride here that wants to get some stuff done. Not because good works do anything, but because those good works are kingdom to this earth. Keep that as our motive. I pray personally for people who in their personhood right now as they sit here, they know they need to go from here to there. You have, you have spoken clearly, even in these last 28 minutes, you have said something to them in their heart, and they're going to take a stand. We use that word, take a stand, but I want to do it literally today. I'm going to ask some of you in just a moment to stand to your feet if you know. And I don't think this is for everybody, and it doesn't mean you're untouched by the message if you don't stand. Some of you are not going to stand, but you, you're going to figure out what here to there means. But some of you... This is a mandate. This is like you're almost giddy to stand up because you know God is putting something in your heart that's bigger than yourself. And it's a dream. And I want you to dream it. And I want you to believe God because if it's impossible, it's going to take God. So if you know, if you know what you're here to there might look like a little bit and you're going to dream that dream with God, please take your stand now. Now, those of you around around those folks, would you mind just standing beside them and put a hand on their back or shoulder? We're just going to pray. Lord, thank you for our brothers and our sisters. Thank you for the movement of God in their soul. And thank you for a, a, a very determined mindset to apply ourselves to to go from here to there, wherever that is. It's your call, your mantle, your mandate on our lives. We release it to you. You'll have to be bigger than you are now in order for this to happen. So grow their faith, grow their hope, and fulfill their dream. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray it. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Last thing I want to do is pray for us as a church. Lord, we are your kids. And it matters how we live. And it matters what we do. It matters who we are when no one is looking. I pray that you would continue to grow a dream in us as a church that is bigger than ever before. We don't desire to be bigger. We desire to be obedient. And we know walking on this earth, there's a mandate on us to reach every person that doesn't have the gospel, the good news in their life. So show us how to be missional. Give us dreams that we've never had before to reach out to places in the world where no one is reaching. And help us to find ways right here at home in our backyard to bring light to darkness. And make our communities a better place to live. We are your church. We are your kids. And we offer ourselves in your name. Amen.